we're back. Hello, everybody. Uh, welcome to episode 97 of the Talking Talkie podcast. Uh, I'm Matt up in Manchester. I'm joined by Sam Drift down in Devon. Hello. Good evening. And I'm joined from all the way across the pond in a repeat of our lineup for the very first episode of Talking Talkie. Chris Ballard is here. Hello. Hello. Are we getting a testimonial? Yeah, that's it. We've hired Plane More. Um, yeah. We're, we're going to sell tickets. There are 10 or each. That isn't true. We have no testimony. We're going we're gonna to podcast against the national obsession and uh, Twitter followers are going to give us a guard of honour, I've heard. That's me. Charlie and uh, John, if you're listening, that is <laughs> that's a listening. solid offer. <laughs> they should be listening. I listen to their podcast. Why don't they listen to mine? That's not exactly uh, let's, let's crack on, shall we? With um, We've got quite a lot to do today on this episode. There's going to be we're jam-packed with stuff to do. So uh, we're going to have to start, unfortunately, on a bit of a downslope. Uh, Drift and I were both at Notts County on Saturday, and what we witnessed was not particularly encouraging. Um, Sam, you t- well, tell us what you saw. I saw, I saw a team with uh, very little confidence. Um I must admit, when we I was in the pub before the game and it came out that we'd signed three players, uh, Mark Ellis, Lucas Ness and a forward from Barnsley, whose name escapes me. Um, regardless of who, who the other two were, when you see Mark Ellis's name, you think, right, that's what we've been screaming out for. This season and probably last season as well, really. Um, and a, a grown-up who can play centre-back, um, well known to us all, obviously. We, you know, we're fortunate enough to have him in in some of his good years as a youngster, and he's played against us plenty of times since. Um, so that was encouraging. And I, I really, I thought for the first twenty minutes until not scored, we were coping. We looked okay as much as you can as a bottom of the league side playing, you know, a flying top of the league side. I thought we were keeping them out and the, the only real way they were going to get something was the way they did. One thing I would say, I was never expecting much with Goodwin playing up, up top on his own. Um, last season, we had a sort of almost a similar scenario where, because Ali Omar got sent off, funnily enough, um, and Dan Holman was hooked so that it left Danny Wright on his own. And at that place, big pitch, you know, good side. Your striker's just going to be isolated. He won plenty in the air, but there was no one there because, let's be honest, Brett McGavin isn't running onto anything. No. Um, but they scored from a shot outside the area. Um, could House that have done better, potentially? It comes to a crowd of players. They're the sort of ones that are difficult for a keeper. The, to be fair, he's placed it well. And I, I think we just collapsed after that. I think we just collapsed. You know, they, they got the penalty, which... I've seen it back and Ellis is experienced enough to know that you shouldn't leave your leg out. But Aaron, the main was, I think you said the other day, he's on his way down anyway. He's, he's made the most of it. And yeah, let's be honest, the way things are going for us, we're not saving a penalty anyway at Norts, are we? And then it really, it was a kind of, it was a formality for them. I don't, I don't really remember us having one clear cut, really one clear cut opportunity in the whole game. But after that, it, yeah, it was a formality for them, and it and it was pretty pretty tough to watch. Yeah, not a whole lot um, went our way, did it? As you say, you know, we it was we packed the penalty area for the first goal for to 
to deal with the cross because we knew we couldn't stop the cross at source. So we packed the penalty area. Ellis seemed to be controlling the back four and he had pulled everybody on the back line, whatever it was, pulled everybody back into the box, which of course left their first goal scorer completely alone, 20 yards out. He got the ball and had about 15 minutes just to find somewhere to stick it in the goal. So it's no surprise. Um, yeah, and the main's taken a flop, hasn't he? Um, for the second goal, you're right, Ellis has, he should maybe know better than to poke a toe out, but tentatively poke a toe out is all he did. Didn't get anywhere near the main, who was three quarters of the way down before Ellis even moved his foot. So, you know, that was that was being given straight away. And it's, it's sort of, it's one of those, I've, I've used Sam's favourite phrase, it's one of those, their contentious penalty is given because they are top. Our much more solid looking penalty shout later in the game on um, Lapsley at the far post where he was manhandled. Yeah, um, that, was, that was clear as day penalty. Yeah. And, and that one isn't given. Um, you know, it, it's one of those, if it goes to VAR, they probably, they definitely give it in the same way um, United Chelsea earlier in the week where um, Scott McTominay had had his hands all over the Chelsea player from the corner. The Chelsea player quite rightly went down. Referee gave it, VAR looked at it and said, it's, it's, defenders grabbed hold of the striker and the striker's gone down. What do you want VAR to do? Nothing. So, you know, when two years ago, we'd have got, it'd have been the other way around. We'd have got the penalty and they wouldn't have done because um, we were at the top and they weren't. We we had one like that. I remember when we played, I think it might have been Bromley away uh, that season when we, the, the Ashton Gate season, uh, we won a penalty that Danny Wright scored to win the game late on. It was not a penalty. It was categorically not a penalty, but yeah. when things are going your way, you get those sort of decisions. And yeah. as as a great man once said, that's football. <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah, you know, shit happens, essentially. Um, it just that it seems to happen worse to you when you're down the bottom. Maybe because it means a bit more when you're not, you know, if we're 12th, we don't really care. You go to Notts County, it's a bit of a free hit. Oh, well, we've lost. But when you're bottom and you need every point you can get, that kind of thing, turning a game, seems to sort of matter a bit more, even though the, the penalty for being bottom, if you'll excuse the pun, the penalty for being bottom is kind of no more severe than the reward of being top. If we were in League Two now, none of this would matter, but we aren't. Um, my old lady said that prior to the first goal, it sounded as though it was all us on the radio, which it very much wasn't for those of us who were there. Uh, Chris, did it sound like that to you? Or I mean, I don't know if I'd say all us, but it did sound like it was a very evenly contested game. It's, I think like I'm stuck listening to the radio for the majority of games. Um, and I think sometimes my optimism is because of the radio commentary. We seem to be really good most weeks. And I know that can't be the case because we're dead last. Yeah. Um, so listening to the game on, on, on Saturday, I wasn't expecting anything. I don't think it's reasonable to expect anything, despite my somewhat wildly optimistic bets at times. Um, as soon as they got the first goal, you think, okay, well, okay, that's going to happen. They, they have some good players. Keep Langstaff quiet, get to halftime, you have a chance. But as soon as the penalty is awarded, you know how this video, you know, how this how this ends. Um, and then I think the third and fourth goal were given up after we took off Moxie and Hall. So it's almost like Johnson realised that they don't have the Saturday-Tuesday game in them 
um, quite as much anymore. So let's keep our powder dry as much as we can and hope that we can get a result in the second game of the swing. Um, so I wasn't too upset to lose the knots. They're a really good side. They've recruited really well. They've got a couple of players from Gates. Was it Gates had they signed yeah. Langstaff and Scott from? And when they signed them, I was like, that's not going to work. Like, how do you know they're going to be any good? And between them, they've scored 25 goals, I think. I mean, it's nuts. Um, they've recruited well. You can't, you can't, yeah, you can't it, unfortunately, you, know, you can't deny it. <laughs> Don't um, get me wrong. It, it helps when you've got, you know, a bigger, bigger checkbook than other clubs, but they, they've recruited well. And ultimately, a club like Notts County, I'd say apart from Wrexham, they've got the biggest pull in the league. You know, if you want to be playing at, at non-league level, they're the club you're going to want to play for, aren't they? Big ground, you know, and also you're never going to get a headache because it's, it's silent in there. So you, the money you would spend on like ibuprofen elsewhere, you wouldn't spend it there because you're not going to hear anything from the fans. That was, it was very, I know that they've turned up their fans there, whatever they were, 10,000 of expecting to see little old Torquay get steamrolled by Knox County. And like sort of they duly did, really. But I mean, to not even be doing your fruit after the goals, you've got to be having a party when the third one goes in, surely. Yeah. And then to score in a fourth, a very fortunate fourth, two minutes later. I mean, they, they scored all, all sort of manner of goals, didn't they? They got one, one from out wide, one penalty, one banger from 30 yards or whatever it was. And you can't do anything about that apart from maybe close the guy down a bit quicker. But Ellis had gone off by that stage. So we didn't have our guy who was going to hair out of out of defence and close down the guy with the ball. But I mean, it's a hell of a strike. He smashed it into the bottom corner. Yeah, and it fair play. From the, from the instant it left his boot. And then the fourth one takes a, he's going out for a throw. It takes a huge deflection. Halstead uh, is wrong footed and it just trickles into the same corner. So they have scored kind of all, all sorts of goals. And you'd imagine, like, as I'm sure we'll get round to, you know, when we were 4-0 up against, when that fourth and then the fifth went in against Aldershot, Playmore was doing its fruit with 1,500 people in it, not 10,000 rattling around inside Notts County. So it was a bit strange. Like, this isn't the celebration police or anything else. They can enjoy themselves on a Saturday afternoon, however the hell they like. But it just seems a bit strange that you paid 20 quid to get in and then not, having seen what you turned up to see, go nuts and enjoy yourself. Yeah, it's it's. I, I just find it odd. And uh, Josh put it on Twitter and their fans got really annoyed by it. So you can tell it hits close to home. And I, like I say, it's not the celebration police and it's not the, you know, we didn't, seeing louder doesn't get us four goals to get a point. But you must think like, fuck me, if you can't enjoy that, well, <laughs> what are you going to enjoy? Yeah, what are but, you waiting for? Like, I mean, in mitigation, I think home fans tend to be quieter than away fans. I know, but I'm, I'm saying they, yeah, naturally. But even at Torquay, when it's quiet, people will sing that kind of Carnival de Paris chant when we yeah. score. There wasn't even anything like that. It was like, wow, this is this is muted. This Strange. Is the quietest I've ever heard um, playing more when the when a goal has gone in is when Oxford City got the first of their two back when we beat them 7-2. It was 5-0, I think, at half-time. And they got two back quite quick after half. But the first one of those went in and there were about four Oxford City supporters, I think, in the bench. The ball goes in, it's greeted with absolute silence. And the the very next best of those was uh, Yeovil, when we beat Yeovil 
at home on was it Boxing Day a couple of years ago, beat them 6-1. Yeah, 6-1, that's Boxing Day. Six. And when their goal goes in, nobody made a sound. It was Oh, that was because they couldn't have fans, could they? It was really weird. That was when it was home fans only and you had... Two. Yeah, because they were still in the... Um, yes, the, that was right. The COVID area. Yeah, yeah like but level even... Level one or whatever it was. Yeah, but even if you could have fans, you couldn't have away fans or something. I yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, they couldn't travel. But I think most grounds didn't let away fans in anyway. Oh, uh, okay. Because it was there was only a, you could only have a certain amount in, and it was re- yeah it was really odd because I remember there was a couple of games where we conceded and it was like you could just hear their bench and it you know that must feel really weird as a player but yeah but yeah ultimately I didn't go there expecting us to get anything. Um, the only thing I sort of took heart from was the fact that we had some new players who thought hopefully they're the ones and. I thought at least they held their own for 20 minutes. It's really clutching at straws there, but that's that's kind of what I took away. Yeah, I did start to... I mean, I've been probably overly optimistic for most of the season. Like, I don't... Even before this science, I don't think this is a relegation side. I think there's it's a half side in there somewhere. And injuries, etc. a little bit of bad luck, whatever. But, you know, I still would feel confident that we'd get out of trouble. Um, but on Saturday afternoon, as it was for me, I was like, no, maybe... Maybe I'm the one who's deluded. Maybe we actually aren't very good. And I knew then that we would have to go into the Tuesday game demanding a win. Like, I haven't been on the um, the Johnson out bandwagon at all. I think we've spoken about it ad nauseum already, but I don't think there's anyone out there who is better than him. But I think I was starting to get to the point where maybe a change wouldn't be a bad thing. So I'm that glad was- that we were given the chance to correct it. That was as far as I'd got. Was yeah. I don't want to lose Johnson. What I actually, what I kind of wanted to do, was send him on. Like I wanted to loan Gary Johnson out so we could get someone else in just for a change, just to do something different. The trouble with managers is losing them is final. Yeah. Yes, like Barnett will tell him, Martin Allen will tell you, you can have the same manager back time and time and time again. But I would say, actually, interestingly, there was one occasion at Torquay where, when I can't remember which season it was, it was either the year we went up or the year when we were first back in the league. But Colin Lee basically said to Buckle, right, I'm taking training this week. Oh, we've been on a bad run. I'm taking training. Go and do whatever, you know, probably imagine. Um, and then on Saturday, you you do your thing. Such thing happened. We win the game. I couldn't tell you which game it is. We won the game. Buckle does the interview. Yeah, brilliant. You know, worked really hard this week, blah, blah, blah. They basically sent him away for a week. Colin Lee got, probably gave the players, you know, army level boot camp training. Went on a run from there. So, you know, just... Prove that, that that does work if if you're in a position to. Unfortunately, we'd have George Osborne on the training pitch, and um, he's. Actually, I'm, I, do you know what? I'm not going to make that joke for legal reasons. <laughs> yeah, just because I I understand he retains the services of a pretty effective and litigious lawyer. So we'll, um, for purposes of actually making it to episode 100, will not include the gag that Drift desperately wants to make. Um, yeah, no, so that I mean really that's not counting a thing. What what I said all along on the Johnson thing was we either need a new manager or new players. 
just for something to change. Not necessarily that I, would, I don't want Johnson to be here anymore, but it was a question of something has to be done. You can't do nothing, otherwise we're going down. And my only solution was new manager because I simply did not believe that we would be capable of signing three, four, five players that we have on loan that, of the quality that we've managed to get in. So, I mean, Ellis was was good, but then to get Stephen Worm back, oh. I mean, when all the talk had been about Rory Keating, you're going, oh, yeah, you know, bend off. In a pinch. <laughs> yeah, you know, in a real dire emergency, which we were in, um, and we sort of still are, let's not kid ourselves, we, we've had one good result. We are still bottom. But the the thing of getting that level, you know, a Keating level player, and you're like, well, okay, maybe he might get a goal at some, but for it to be Stephen Wern that comes back in, I mean, that's just just unbelievable. How on earth, where a where what's changed? That's what I want to know. Is is this Derby County money? Is it um, Osborne and and his? bank manager having a chat and them going well look we're going to write down the value of your club if you get relegated so you're better off doing a hundred grand extra on the budget rather than losing half a million quid in whatever loan to value or whatever that is is it Johnson saying to him I need a load of money or I'm out here and we're going down and then you're fucked I don't know what it is and to a degree I don't care because it's worked because we've got the money to get these guys in and my word hasn't it worked I can't believe of the two I, options, new manager or new squad. We've ended up with basically new squad. Yeah, I, I think Clark Osborne's seen my tweet telling people to join the trust. And he's like, shit, I better take the, the attention away from myself and make Torquay a reasonable football side again. Uh, um, but when yeah. stick, hey? That's definitely what's happened. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Um, big fan of the podcast. Keep well, Clark. Um, when Stephen Wern gets announced yesterday, it was just one of those like, Fuck. Wow. Because last season, he came in at the same time as uh, Stevie Duke McKenna. And for me, Duke McKenna is the more technically gifted footballer and will probably play at a high level. But I said over the course of a season, you need a Stephen Wern more than a Duke McKenna. Because Stephen Wern has quality, but he's also, he's going to get stuck in. He's going to really graft. Uh, And I use the comparison of, who who played at a higher level and who was a better technical footballer? Uh, Mustafa Carriol or Wayne Carlisle? It was Mustafa Carriol. Who gets you promoted? Wayne Carlisle. It's that kind of similarity for me. Now, I've no idea how he's not been getting into the Grimsby team. They must have a really good couple of wingers. But when that gets announced, it just... There seemed to be just this little buzz around playing more last night before. Everyone was kind of going, wow, do you... Uh, Stephen Wern, bloody hell, Mark Ellis, you know, this is incredible. We've got good players that we know. Um, and I thought, I saw the line, the team sheet yesterday before the game and I, I couldn't work it out like the formation because, you know, is it, Donnellan playing midfield, centre back on the right? Is Moxie playing as a back three? Is he playing at left back? It was hard to sort of judge, but when they lined up and you saw a 4 4 2, I think everyone went, right, okay, we're playing with two proper wide players, which means the fullbacks can just defend. And if they go forward, they've got someone's kind of cover, if you like. And with the two strikers, who for me 
are both the real deal. I genuinely think uh, Aaron, Aaron Giles is probably the best strike we've had since Reed. Um, I mean, that's what, four or five goals this season now? I think four now. Four? Yeah. Doesn't sound like loads, but considering he's, what, played about five games, six you games? Missed the first two months of the season, yeah. Yeah, yeah I would say probably close to ten, but it's still... And he's been sent off in one as well, so... Yeah, yeah. but you think he, he yeah. came back against Wrexham, you know, getting match fit again. Yeah. And he he looks a real player, and he, he gets stuck in, he's aggressive... Uh, all type of goals he's scoring as well. But what I liked was they were getting service into them. Now, so they played the two new lads at centre-back, Ellis and Ness, um, who look already like they've got a partnership. I I think if you can keep those two for a while, Marshall would have a job getting back into the team, but he'd be a good option on the bench. I think if you've got those two for the season, I think that kind of spells the end of Ali Omar for me. Um, We'll get on to him and their goal in a bit, I'm sure. Yes. Uh, Moxie at left-back works when you've got a proper left-winger in front of him. You can't play him as a wing-back anymore. He'll get done for pace every time. Uh, and then the revelation of the day was Sean Donnellan. He was very much cut from the Lee Mansell cloth of playing right-back. Someone who's clearly not a right-back, but didn't make a fuss. He was good defensively, held his shape. One thing I like about Donnellan, I've not seen him get bullied at all yet. He is a, he is a big player and he, he's strong. But because he didn't have to play that right wing and right back role, he could defend properly. He played some really, really opening passes. Um, there was a couple in the first half that it was like, wow, that's, you know, that's playmaking ability passing. Um he, he had a, an effort towards the end, which it was a save. It wasn't given, but it was it was a goal kick, but it was definitely a save that it was a good effort. Uh, but his, his moment for me was when he put the ball in for Ace Hall, put an absolute on a sixpence, Ace Hall heads it in. And uh, yeah, I think he, he would have been in for a shout of man of the match. He didn't get it, but certainly in for a shout. Um, I would also say it's, it's the best I've seen Tom Lapsey and Asa Hall play together in a year and a bit now. Four four two gives those two license to do what they do. They're not flair players, despite Lapsley's excellent goal yesterday. You know they are not. Um, they're not flair players. Their their job is to destroy, hold marshals everything, and Tom Lapsley just completely obliterates any chance the opposition have of getting a foothold in the game. And then if they've got it, inadvertently find themselves with the ball at their feet, their only real job is to give it to one of the two guys with some actual football ability out wide. I disagree. To keep playing I, would, two. You don't? I would okay. challenge that as well. I think Lapsley okay. has a lot more ability than we give him credit for. I yeah. think playing in the central midfield with Hall, I think if one of them goes forward, the other one stays. You won't see them both going forward that often. Um, Lapsley's goal last night was... First of all, it was a brilliant team goal. I mean, I know we're going to concentrate on the one-two that he had with, I want to say Jarvis. I wasn't, yeah, I Jarvis. Um, but we'd retained possession for a few passes before then. And the finish that Lapsley put in, the ball was in the air. You know, he just guided it into the corner. It was a really good goal. Um, and I'm glad that Lapsley is, well, A, didn't break his ankle doing that because it's mm. Lapsley and you can't respect him to fall over. <laughs> 
Um, but you know, it's it's encouraging that we do have those central midfielders. Um, I think now that we've got, presuming moving forward, we'll keep the same kind of formation. You could see someone like Ryan Hansen dropping in, you know, coming in for one of those if we want to give Asa Hall a night off. I know Hansen's not been tearing up trees this season, but he's a similar kind of player, I would suggest, as Hall, even though he's 10 years younger. Um, and I would just, just want to briefly say my own thing about Wern. On Monday, uh, there was the pre-match interview with Johnson on the Talkie website, and he was saying, like, oh, we're hoping to bring someone in tomorrow. And I was like, oh, well, maybe that's going to be Keating, because that's the only name we'd heard of for the past week and a half. And when they did announce Stephen Wern, I was like, wait, that Daniel is really good. A, what the fuck is he doing coming back to us when he's, 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 a, he's a league player? Um, and then my next thought was, well, maybe we can keep all of him. If he's not playing for Grimsby, he clearly likes it here because he wouldn't come back if he didn't want to be here. I mean, he has the choice not to come. And I think that could be very important when we get to discussion later on about the loans that we have, because we're going to have to be very careful managing the squad and the loan players that we have. Um, but the game last night was brilliant. Um, obviously, I didn't get to watch it live, but I listened to it on the radio. And again, bearing in mind the slight bias that you do get on BBC Radio Devon, which I don't really have a problem with. That's why you listen to local radio, right? Um, we murdered them. And it, I think you make you make a joke as a talking fan, like, oh, it's 3-0, just a couple more, and we probably might get a point. You know, you, you're kind of conditioned to be cynical about it, but getting the two goals early in the second half really made everyone feel a thousand percent more comfortable conceding the goal which I, I know we will get onto in a minute was a bit of a blow but don't think it reflects badly on anybody except one guy um but i did like i did like that they um were able to push forward and, and restore the five goal advantage i think it would have been very easy for them to attempt to shut up shop and we've seen in the past of this side that that's not always worked very well yeah I just, it might, to my point on the midfielders, I think, yeah, you're right. We don't give Lapsy enough credit, but also there's a bit of a myth that Asa Hall is kind of a holding midfielder and he's always been a box-to-box player. He's good on the ball and he he does make things happen. And I think the two can complement each other well because they are, if one of them is going forward, one of them will hold back. And because I think Brett McGavin was brought in as Asa's long-term successor, that kind of box-to-box, can play a good pass, um, and get about, but he just doesn't seem to have it in him for some reason, which is a shame. So I think the guy's got ability. Um, in regards to Wern again, I'd say I reckon there's one thing that's really pulled him back to Torquay all the way down here in a relegation battle at the moment. And that's probably the manager that gave him all that confidence and everything in the first yeah. place. You know, I don't think he's I don't think he's come back for the weather. I don't think he's come back for, no. you know, the the, the high life of, of the English Riviera. I think he's come back because he knows that he's going to get game time and and progress himself under a good manager. Other um, man was... trust Johnson too, I think, at this point in his career. You know, you're not going to have players being sent from QPR and Wigan and Charlton and whoever else for a guy that they don't know. Even if they don't know Gary Johnson personally, they'll know his reputation and they'll know that over the course of his managerial career, he's improved players. And that's what they're sending guys down for. Yeah, I think if if Stephen Wern, who was at Sunderland, came to us on loan, signed for Grimsby, came to us on loan, spends three minutes having a conversation with Ben Whitfield and flicking through Ben Whitfield's stats from this season, going, 
shit, this is what happens. Whitfield, Port Vale, League Two, wasn't fancy, couldn't get in the side, came down, spent two years playing for Johnson, went to Stockport, hurt himself, couldn't get inside, don't worry about that. Made, I don't know, five grand a week, whatever Stockport were paying him. Now he's at Sparrow. Arrow, yeah. Barrow, and he's the best player in League Two. Up there with Billy Waters, the best two players in League Two. So, like, Stephen Worm could very easily be another Ben Whitfield, given... That's a really good chance. comparison. Yeah, yeah, totally agree. And you just think that where he's at, you know, if he's not going to get into Grimsby's team, I'm not sure how many years he signed there for, but if, you know, we're going to get some cash out of this FA Cup tie, um, all right, 50% of the gate receipts and, you know, prize money or competing money and then the TV money. I don't think we get, you know, hundreds of thousands out. We would get a bit of money. But, you know, if for some reason we can get, even just on, worst case, on loan to the end of the season, he's, he unless he's injured, you start him. He's a guaranteed starter. He's one of those that, because you look at the team at the moment and Halstead, Moxie, assuming that everyone's fit, you think Halstead, Moxie, Hall, um, and the two strikers are the only ones that you kind of think are nailed on. No one else has really kind of played well enough to kind of guarantee themselves. So, but he's one of those you think, well, he obviously starts. And like you say, Matt, if it, 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 there's no reason why he can't do a Ben Whitfield and, you know, for the sake of playing under Johnson, I mean, look, last night he played with, so, I can't imagine, you know, you can't imagine he was high on confidence and, and match sharpness. Played like he's been in a promotion team all, all of last night. Yeah, and that's purely and simply down to the fact that he's got shitloads of talent. And I think that he's working under a manager that he likes and that he understands. And see, that's important as well. You know, everybody, all three of us, and probably everybody listening as well, will probably at some stage have worked under a manager they just didn't understand. I don't understand what job you're asking me to do. I don't know how you want this task completed. That makes things very difficult, no matter how good you are. Conversely, if your manager, your boss is giving you tasks to do and you're understanding what to do and how and how your particular role in the team fits in and everything else, you do a much better job. Well, that must be true of, of football, surely, where... You know, it's it's fairly it's critical that you do your bit so everyone else can do theirs effectively. So that's that's got to be true of of Wern and Johnson. So that's last night. Uh, I think we need to choose men of the match for our friend and fellow podcaster Nick. So shall we just very quickly? Shall we do the Notts County game? So uh, yeah, I'm just going to comment there. and say he. I'd say um, colleague. Yeah, not friend. Let's not get carried away throwing the word like friend around me, really. <laughs> let's not let let's not take the piss there. Oh, okay. Yeah, for French. Yes. No, you're you're quite right. Fellow podcaster, but not yeah, yeah let's not over-egg the pudding here. Who do we want to recommend, Sam, for Saturday? Is it Mark Ellis and I I honestly can't think of anybody else that I would Maybe Ness, that the other defender. Those yeah, do you know what? Despite conceding four, I think you know for a young lad coming into a team. I mean, Ellis was my man of the match. I think um, Ness, and I tell you what, even though he didn't get an awful lot for putting in, and it, I'm clutching. I don't think anyone deserves recognition for that game. Um, 
but I, I, I give I, I give a shout to um, Will Goodwin just because I think mm. for the first until we kind of almost threw the towel in, I feel like he he was winning stuff in the air. He was battling against you know a good centre back in Rawlinson and and some other bloke. I thought he put in a good fight and and you know if he was playing with someone if, if Jarvis or Andrews was up there with him, he might have been credited with an assist or something. Uh, De Silva as well, actually. I thought when he got going, he looked good. And he was very good last night, by the way. Yeah, he was our only real threat, wasn't he? Despite uh, good as playing up front, he was De Silva. If he was, if, if anybody at Knotts was going to create something, it was De Silva. So are we giving it to Ellis and Ness and De Silva in that order. Yes. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay, that's that then. Um, Last night, one very, very, very quickly before we do the men of the match. You know who isn't winning it? It's not bloody Ali Omar, who yeah, came on and, and stood and watched as a man. In fairness, it's not 100, it's 90% Omar, but it is 10% Halstead, because you can't have a cross that travels over 40 yards and land, lands, not goes, gets headed in, lands seven yards from goal between the posts that the goalkeeper doesn't come out and get. Yeah, it's it's, it's an awkward one because it's far enough away from the goal, like out, that it is a really difficult one to get to. And I'm not exaggerating; those conditions were awful. It is a really tricky one for a goalie because if he comes out, it, it it would be it wouldn't be difficult to kind of beat him to it because the player's running on, and then he's caught in no man's land. It's one of those where he's got two sentiments, and Ellis probably could have. I'm not sure. Maybe it's a lack of understanding, but I do put that down to Ali Omar. He's we hammer Trent for it. Trent Alexander Arnold every week at the moment it feels, or he gets hammered every week for letting someone in the far post. It was, I mean, that was catastrophic defending from Omar. Um, Omar get a call from the goalkeeper or from Ellis because it's almost like he didn't realise the guy was there. No, and I just so, think Ali Omar didn't know the guy was there. Yeah. So I mean, I don't know if. If Halstead or Ellis shouts like get rid or clear or leave it, I'm coming out for it, that probably clears up the issue. I'm not defending Ayoma on this front. I know I have done a lot, but I think I'm starting to come around to the fact that he's a bit like a spaniel. You know, he's a he's kind of a cute, adorable ball of energy, but he's actually pretty useless when it comes to it. Yeah. Um, I am desperate for him to do well. I think we yeah. all are because he's, he just seems like such a nice player and he loves football. But I, I'm sick of kind of saying, oh, you know, the enthusiasm will get it. I, I'm sad to say he just isn't good enough. There's no other way. He, I, I feel sorry for him that he went played on the left side last night because he's clearly not a moving forward player. You know, whenever he got up the pitch, it, it didn't look natural. He He didn't. He had a ch chance to put a good ball into the box. It just wasn't. It, it was just pretty, like, lacklustre. But I think if we can keep Ellis and Ness, you've got Moxie who can play centre-back, especially when uh, hopefully Dan Martin gets back fit. Um, you've got uh, Ross Marshall, who, yeah, he made mistakes, but he has been the better of the two of those this season. I just don't think Ali Omar's up for it. And I, I'm gutted for him, but he just isn't. Last night just proved that, you know, you're 5-0 up. And he, he's, it's not even like he, he's tired. He's, he's not been on the pitch for that long. It's such a... Don't get me wrong. 
good header. Good header and a good ball in. Let's not take that away from them. But he's got to be doing better there. And it's just another Ali Omar mistake. Yes, and he, we've excused a lot from him because of his enthusiasm and his attitude and his everything else. But if that had been a pick random, if that had been Carl Cameron three years ago or anyone else, you know, you wouldn't have heard the end of it simply because we would, he didn't have the luxury of being, oh, isn't he nice? Isn't he fun? Isn't he enthusiastic? He was a miserable Geordie bastard. And if he makes that error, he, he gets what's coming to him. Yeah. And I mean, Halstead was, was fuming. So you'd like to think that he would have said something. You know, I, I, it was at the other end of the pitch from where I stand, but he would, you could see that he was furious because it's for a goalkeeper, a clean sheet is everything. A goalkeeper probably rather win one nil. And, you know, Halstead would, would have got more out of Halifax away than last night. Um, who, by the way, made a very good save at uh, one nil. Yeah. Um, shot from outside the area. And in those conditions, it was one of those, and it, it moved in the air a bit. And it's one of those that you see those go in and you think, if that goes in, you think, oh, fuck's sake, one all, here we go. You know, players' heads drop. But it was a good save. It was a good save. And the post too. We saw, hey. one, we saw one from Lovett when he was in goal where he got down to make the save, but it bounced out in front of him. Yeah. When the, the rebound, Halstead save was better because he put it around the post. Yeah. yeah. Halstead, yeah. I mean, he's not the finished article, um, which seems a bit daft in his early 30s, but he's he's a different player to last season. And, uh, you know, you, you'd like to think, because he, and he's also one of the more experienced members of the squad, you'd like to think that him, Ellis, and Moxie in the same back four, and Donnellan, who's experienced compared to a lot of them, if he's playing right back now, you've got, a good level of, to be fair, adults in the back line that you've got then something to build on. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So our best best three from last night, you were there. Oh, it's so difficult. And what's interesting, Aaron Jarvis scored a hat-trick, but he's not man of the match. It, it's always <laughs> no. hat-trick and an assist. Yeah, and he wasn't the best player. And I mean, it, it, is it Wern? I think Mark Ellis got the official at the game man of the match. And it's funny, midway through the first second half, I was saying, I think Ellis might be my man of the match. Um, I think I'm going to go, I'm going to contradict what I've just said. And I said, because he scored a hat-trick and he got an assist, I'm going to give it to Aaron Jarvis because he, he battled as well. He was brilliant up front. He did more than just the goals. And he, you know, he the, the, the one that he set up for, Lapsy was just so intelligent and yeah. I don't know what Lapsy thinks he's doing scoring a goal like that wearing black boots <laughs> with shirt tucked in that's not you know that's that's not what uh, that's not what he was brought in to do um, I'm going to go Jarvis Wern Ellis Jarvis Wern okay yeah that sounds fair but anyone could have a shout I mean Donlan just misses out just misses out I think he, it was his best game yet it did look it from the highlights. Um, it difficult. I listened to it on the, the TUFC radio, and they are not um, as you wouldn't expect them to be. It's not their job, uh, but they are not particularly good at sort of conveying the way that that a game is unfolding and how players are playing. You only realise how good actual like five live commentators are when you hear somebody who is not a five live commentator commentating on a game. So it's um, 
I had no real sense of that. But looking at the highlights, it did seem like he had a, a decent game. After, I was very disappointed with him at Notts County. I appreciate playing that position and stuff. Um, but you're right. You said it earlier. The ball in for Hall's goal, is, you can't defend that. He's moving all over the place. Mm. It, the goalie can't come for that despite being in a, a pretty good starting position and being a decent goalie, that Ashby Hammond. Um, you know, there's no... There's no, you can't, unless the guy at the far post gets up and heads the ball away, which he obviously didn't get caught right underneath it. You can't defend that. It, it, it moved, it landed on the hall's head. I mean, it was a great ball. So, count yourself unlucky, but we'll go with those three as the winners then. Um, so, there we are, Nick. Uh, have we got a game? Has somebody we done have. a game? We have. Now, I'm not sure if anyone's aware, but we're playing in uh, a different competition on Sunday called the FA Cup. Oh, right. Yeah. Uh, tickets still available. <laughs> no need to panic, anyone. And if you want to go, you'll go. Um, so I thought I'd play a rather short because we've gone through a lot, we've got a lot tonight. Uh, but a little FA Cup history game, okay? Five oh, questions, I'm not gonna win this. Five yeah, questions. No. Uh, Ben Curry's probably already got five out of five, not even read them out. Um, so if anyone else. <laughs> can top that then well done uh right question one 11th of november 2007 we beat yeovil 4-1 in the first round it was on television uh two braces were scored that day danny stevens and god i i'd already written down stevens and this other person um because i I'm, i'm pretty confident as well so i think i've got that one Little fact from that game, uh, we had Ishmael Welsh, I think it was, on loan from Yeovil that Welsh, season. Yeah. And even though he wasn't even that good, Yeovil said, if you play him, because they didn't cup time, and they said, if you play him, we'll recall him. They listed him on the bench, and when they read his name out, I've never heard a substitute get such a cheer. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. Um, in 2005, oh. sorry, next question. In 2005, who did we beat in the second round to set up a meeting with Birmingham City? Oh, God, no idea. Absolutely no idea at all. Tony Beddow scored a double. <sighs> I went to both Birmingham games. And I, you know, I almost certainly have been at the previous game. Uh, I'm going to guess I'm going to say that team, but I don't guess, you know, I've got like a one in about 150 chance of getting it right. So. <laughs> um. Who scored in our win against Blackpool in the third round in 2009? No idea. 2009, our first year back in the... That was January 2009, so it was our promotion, yeah. Oh, the year we went up? Yeah, so we um, lost to Coventry in the next round. Elliot Ward scored the winner for them. The sad thing is, I didn't have really have to Google many of these. No, I was another talky United fans publication was doing a thing on Twitter today about what's your favourite FA Cup memory, your first FA Cup memory, your favourite FA Cup. Like, I have no idea. Apart from the Birmingham City game, I can't, none of them can I remember. And Crawley, obviously, fourth round, missing That's, out on United, getting stitched I, up. You only remember the iconic ones, don't you? like Birmingham, because it was, you know, nil nil against Premier League side managed by a then very talented Steve Bruce. Crawley, because it was so bonkers that 
they are players on 50 grand a week and Steve Evans and that wanker Simon Rayner. Um, yeah, you only re- really remember the classics, don't you? Mm. Um, penultimate question, uh, or second to last for some of you. Um, we lost in the second round to a now championship side in December 2011, the Martin Ling season. Who was it? Away from home. It was 3-2. I do feel like I'm at a disadvantage since so far for all but one of these questions, I wasn't even in the right continent. You, you listen to every game on radio. Yeah, actually, I think I do have the Yeovil answer because that was on that broadcast on television here, and it was the first time I'd seen them since I left England. So I still had it on my DVR until I moved house. What was your Chris? I have I don't have a brushes. What was your last season in England? Two thousand and six. I left. I left in July two thousand six. Is that the year we stayed up under Ian Atkins? Uh, it was the year after we'd come down, so I think we just hung on. It was the senior had left. Yeah, Ian Atkins kept up. It was nil nil against Boston yeah. on the last day, and it was pretty miserable. It has to be said. Uh, the the greatest of great escapes, though. Yeah. Um, um, I mean, we were doomed. Yeah. If if, we if you haven't, if anyone hasn't listened to it, listen to the podcast I did with uh, Ian Atkins. It was fantastic. Mm. Um, last question: Crawley beat us in the fourth round in twenty eleven. Uh, but who did they beat in the third round replay to play us? Oh, God only knows. I have no idea. I mean, I would be guessing. <clears throat> Absolutely no idea at all. Right. Do you want the answers? I've um, only got questions. Sorry, you've got what? I think I've only written down four answers. Well, I say I've written down the questions four times. So I'm only getting... Anyway. Well, you, I mean, we're probably going to draw one all, aren't we? I think we're going to get Vegas first. I think first, I've got two. I oh, think okay. I've got the first two. Okay, I think I'm going to get beaten here. This is a bit of a problem. Right, so for question one, um, I, I've got Stevens and Todd. I have Chris Todd as well. It was Chris Todd. It was Chris Todd. Okay, so it's one all. Good. That's a good start. We're we're going. We're both in the hat. So who did we beat in the second round before playing Birmingham? I think it's Notts County. I guess Colchester. I had no idea. It is Notts County. Is it? <laughs> All right, stop the game. <laughs> stop the count. Oh, Ke- Kevin Hill's free kick. And um, Kevin Nicholson's free kick. No, this no that he no. He, he didn't sign until two thousand and seven. Oh, right. Okay. No, sorry. Oh, of course, 2005. Sorry. No, ignore me. I probably he didn't did go. score a free kick in one of the cut in the, the game before. Yeah. Yeah. And we won three. We went three nil. Three, three nil, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Because in the next, that was in the first round. Because in the second round, that's the question for the, the fourth question. Uh, ah. question. Question three was who scored against Blackpool in the third round in 09? I guessed at Tim Sales. No idea. I have no idea. I didn't even write someone down. It was Matt Green. Oh, was it? Matt Green? It was almost his only contribution that season. Wow. Good goal. Um, no, don't remember Don't remember a thing about it. Nicholson Ball, I try to remember it. It was in the first half, so Nick, Nicholson Ball, sort of long ball. Um, 
I think Silsey flicked it on and he just took a touch and it was a good finish. But it was Matt Green, a player that we had a lot of expectation for, and that was kind of his own real contribution. Um, penultimate question. Uh, we lost in the second round, so we're now championship side. Uh, who was it? I guess it's Swansea, but oh, I was I would I guess Birmingham City, but then I realised of course it wasn't. It was Sheffield United. Oh, yeah. They were league. They were league one at the time. Three um, two. I think Mark Ellis might have scored an own goal. And the last question: Crawley beat uh, beat us in the fourth round in 2011, but who did they beat in the third round replay? So I remember them beating someone fairly big at home. Couldn't remember exactly who, so I'm thinking like I thought it was like Ipswich or Derby. So Ipswich. Um, I made the preposterous guess that it was Tottenham Hotspur. It was Derby. Oh fuck off! It was Derby <laughs> County. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so they Derby County have lost to a non-league side in the last in the last fifteen years. Because they'd have been like a championship side at that point, right? Yeah, they were championship. Yeah. Um, wow, okay. Because I, I remember, I remember we, they won and it was like, everyone was kind of like, oh, brilliant, we've got Crawley. And I thought, for fuck's sake, we've got Crawley. <laughs> like, we'd have a chance against Derby because it's, you know, they were championship, we were conference. It would have been that kind of like big upset. But you just knew that Crawley would do a num- number over us. Mm. And they weren't any good that day. Oh, the bloody Matt Tubbs got a really nice goal on the volley. No, it was it was a great touch. It was a good ball over the top, but the finish was awful. It was like a knee to toe. It was almost like the most accidental goal ever. It flew in. I mean, it looked pretty spectacular. Oh, it, it did, really... yeah, yeah. But the finish itself was really like okay. it was a proper kind of when a striker's luck is going their way. But then I remember there was two red cars. Zabrowski was an idiot. He got sent off. Shock. Uh, Bevan's two penalty saves. Was that? Um, ben Yen had his hand stamped on. He had the big stud hole in his yeah. head. He had to have like 14 stitches or something at Torbay Hospital after the game. Yeah. Band- they bandaged in it and it bleeding through the bandage as fast as they could. The doctor could come on and strap it all up and nonsense like that. Ridiculous game. So, yeah, I was pretty angry after that one. But we, you know, yeah, uh, Nicholson that. hit the bar from like a half volley. It was, yeah, one of those that, and what I liked was on the, ITV coverage on in the evening they were saying yeah great non-league club have gone through and they didn't hide away from the fact that Evans was a, a, a wanker and that they they were not short of cash and it was like effectively a league side um, and they all said we're not impressed with how Crawley behaved today because it was little things I remember they were they were warming up in the goal mouth not the separate warm-up goal which is the done thing to do it was uh, yeah. Yeah, interesting, interesting day. But Derby are gettable, apparently. Good, which is useful because we've got Derby County. I don't know, for those of you who don't know, we've got Derby County on Sunday. Can just confirm that I won the game? Um, uh, 1-0, wasn't it? 2-1. Yeah, okay, well well done. Haven't seen the FA Cup for 16 years, won the game. Just cut to, I mean, you were playing me, so cut to Michael Owen smashing in volleys from two <laughs> yards against some goalkeeper who's about 13. <laughs> well done, he's yeah. 13. You know, like, when you're up here, when you're beating Ben Curry 2-1, <laughs> come back to me. But until then, no, congratulations, you've done very well. So now uh, we can move on and talk about the fact that we are playing Derby County in the um, FA Cup 
pretty much the biggest club that we could have drawn at this stage. Um, and we're playing them at home and it's on the telly and we're going to win. After last night, we're going to win for sure. Right? I feel a lot less terrified than I did yesterday. Yeah. Um, I think it's probably not realistic expecting to win. Um, but I think we can put in a good performance. And it's a free hit. I mean, if we get beat 3-0 at home by a team two divisions above us, no one's going to be like Johnson. Well, someone's going to be Johnson out. But um, who knows? I, I, I've said a draw would be a brilliant result simply on the financial side. But part of me wants to win and get put in the second round. I don't know how likely it is but Derby aren't exactly turning up any trees themselves they have a bunch of injury issues yeah they did two penalties saved last night in their league game last night as well and neither of them were particularly good penalties although they were both followed in by defenders who then cleared the parried save which obviously is not something that our defenders are familiar with so that's we must not give away a penalty but yeah you, you're quite right you know they are a mediocre League One side now. They're probably not as good as, as Wrexham. Now, that's not much comfort on the basis that we lost 6-0 to Wrexham. But they're probably not as good as as good a squad, certainly, as Wrexham. So, you know, there's got to be some hope in there that maybe with these new signings, we can only talk he could perform an FA Cup miracle to get to the second bloody round when inevitably we'll get Chesterfield and lose 2-0 at their place. It's just it's it's coming, isn't it? It's the FA Cup. I know it's such a cliche, but literally anything can happen in the FA it Cup. Could. You know, I don't think we'll win. You know, I think a draw is the best result. I think a draw, if, if we come from behind to draw, if they come from behind to draw, whatever the financial package in the day out is, it's disappointing. But, you know, if we come from behind to draw, brilliant, we'll get a goal to draw, great. We get a day out and, uh, you know, I can't imagine they're going to fill many seats on a Tuesday night replay against Torquay, but ultimately we get 50% of the gate and TV will be there again. Um, it'd be interesting to see, so obviously De Silva isn't cup tied because he played in the qualifier. Um, but his loan very, is up. Hey? But his loan is up. Yeah, it'll be extended, I reckon. Okay. Um, I can't see him. I, he's not going to get into a League Two side. He's not going to get into QPR's side. No, okay, fair enough. I think they'll probably send back a Coley because yeah. he's just taken up a space now, with all due respect. Um, interesting what they do with Smith because we've got only by the power of elimination. Well, no, they'll keep him because we've got him until January and he is a good player. He's worth having. Um, but it'd be interesting to see the two players that we know we've got for a month, Mark Ellis and Stephen Wern. Now, I think Mark Ellis will be allowed to play. I get the impression that he's not really in Barrow's plans. They're having a better season than they thought. Um, he's not going to, not really featuring. I, I really wouldn't be surprised if we, even if we sign him on a permanent till the end of the season, you know, I don't know what his personal situation is at the moment, but for the sake, he's 35, to play regular football for a club that he does like. He said that, you know, I, I think we might see him on Saturday. The really interesting one is Stephen Wern. You know, if Grimsby don't want him cup-tied and they've said, no, you can play him, but you're not in the FA Cup, they might have a half-time bringing him back or, or him, him featuring in their plans. If 
he plays for us on on Sunday, I think you'd be you'd have every right to assume that we've got him. Yeah. That's interesting. Oh, I rather interrupted your point that you were making. Sorry about with irrelevancies that turn out not to be really make any sense at all because we're going to extend to Silver's loan. What were you saying? Yeah, I'd say take a and draw. I'd take. I mean, I'd take any draw. It's always better when you come from behind to draw. Um, do I think we'll win? No, but I didn't think we'd score six last night. I thought we'd win last night. I didn't think we'd score six. Um, and Derby aren't special. I think you're on the money. I don't think, you know, they've got individuals that are better than everyone at your Wrexham's of the world. But as a squad, they've got, you know, Conor Hurahayan, who's, uh, you know, was five minutes ago playing in the Premier League. Like punched above his weight, but he's, he's always been a good championship level player. Um, he's now playing back playing League One with them. They've they've got some good players, but also they've got a relatively new manager because he's the one who's coming from Rotherham what a month ago. He'll still be working out his best side, so it's almost a free hit for both sides. Mm. Well, I, I can't imagine Derby are desperate to kind of prioritise a cup when they need to get themselves back into the championship really because they're too big for league one so I, I yeah do I think they'll win probably but I also think last it, night it's not a, it, sorry Chris it's not a I don't think it's formality for them yet it's absolutely also worth noting that they go to Anfield on Wednesday in the EFL yeah. Cup and so if you're a Derby, you know, their priority is going to be getting out of League One. They were somewhat unfortunate to get relegated last year because they had the points deduction. I think they got 12 points deducted um, and they only just went down last season. Yeah, went down by like three or something. Yeah, not really many. unlucky. Um, but if you're a Derby County player, your main priority is get out of this division. Yeah. And then you're thinking, I can play at Anfield in three days' time. So whether or not the manager rotates his squad, you know, I mean, even their substitutes should probably have enough to beat a conference, the team bottom of the conference in ordinary yeah. times. But I mean, you've seen it before with teams that they, they're looking for the next game and the game they have after this is probably one of the biggest games any of those players will ever play in. Mm. Playing Anfield is special. Even, even when Liverpool weren't good, it was still special. Um, so... I would be interested to see what sort of level of effort the team put in on Sunday. And I hope it's not enough, because if it's not enough, then we'll we'll be able to get a result against them. Yeah, if we, the, the key difference last night from the Notts County game was that we were back to Wasps at a picnic. We yeah. were all over them. And you do that to any team. If yeah. Derby go to Liverpool, even if Liverpool put their best 11 out, and they Harris and Harry and give these players fuck all time, don't give them a moment's peace from the kickoff to full time whistle. They stand a bloody good chance of getting a result uh, because you level the playing field. Then yeah. you almost make it a coin flip. You know, does the, does our one that we just hit from thirty five yards? Does it swerve around in the air? Goalie gets rooted, it pings in off the bar, and you win one nil. If yeah. you outwork the opposition significantly, like we did last night, and I think if we do that to Derby on Sunday on the TV with a fair wind, who knows? Who the hell knows? If we don't put the effort in, if we do like we did at Notts County and just effectively sort of passively get behind the ball and just hope that we can eke out a nil-nil, we've had it. But yeah. go at them and we stand as good a chance of winning the game as we do of winning any game. 
And we've even ignoring last night, we've had spells in games where we've been pretty good for 15 minutes yeah. at a time, but we haven't scored. Last night we scored, which makes a big difference. So if they come out of the traps early on Sunday, first 10 minutes, 15 minutes, get a goal, get the crowd behind them. There's no telling what could happen. I just don't want us to concede early because then you will see the, the crowd, however big it may be. Derby will bring a few down, I would imagine, despite the train strikes. Um, it will fall flat and it could end up being a bit of a non-event. So get yeah. into the money. And I think Johnson, I mean, shockingly, Johnson knows more about this than I do, but he'll be saying, like, just go in there, give give a couple of them a gentle kick, remind them that they're playing a conference side, just see how they react. Um, yeah, Johnson does already panicking about, oh, shit, I don't want to miss my big day out. Yeah. Like, kicking one or two early. 50-50 becomes a 60-40 in our favour, yeah. straight away. Yeah. And also... Johnson does not like get anyone getting one over him on the telly, does he? No. The man's no, no. ego is too big for TV. He he has to, you know, I'm almost convinced that if we weren't on telly, Ultrium would have just beat us about 6-1. <laughs> you know, it's because we were on telly. He's like, no, sorry, not on my watch. You're messing up my legacy on national television. Yeah. When, you, when she's thinking about it, when you add that in, when you add that Ultrium result in... We've not done too bad. Like, there's been a bit of a shift last few games. Yeah. Yeah, we're still bottom. Yeah, we're not pulling up any trees. You know, as funny as it is on Twitter about, oh, wonder will we get in the playoff semis and all that. Yeah, ha-ha. But, you know, in all honesty, we are not the team. I think since Wrexham, we've looked miles better. I saw us before Wrexham and I've seen us at Wrexham and I've seen us since Wrexham. Sounds mad because we lost 6-0 and I don't want to go back over stuff that we did 10 podcasts ago. But we have looked, we looked pretty good at Wrexham and we've looked all right in spells since. I mean, we weren't, we were no worse than York, just that their one flew in or got chucked in by Housestead's error. An hour one, 30 seconds earlier, hit their goalie in the face. That was the only real difference. We could have very easily have won that. And then you're starting to kind of look, uh, okay, well, we, we've had York, all right, hammered by a decent side. Then we were... We matched a mid-table York side, three points there. Thanks very much. We came from behind a couple of times to get a good result against the resilient Altrium side. Nuts County free hit, got beaten, whatever. Then we've done what we've done last night. We start to think actually maybe we're not a bottom Even of the league. Even was just a penalty. Yeah, I mean that swap. I know I'm kind of picking Jews in here, but you take a Coley out and put Mark Ellis in that's nil-nil because Mark Ellis doesn't steamroller through the back of their guy because he's played 400 games, not four games. So he knows not to just go charging into the back of the bloke. They, there's your difference. We are, we're fractions away. We're not Dover of last year getting humped 5 nil every week because they just haven't got any talent. We're not the Hyde United side who got one win and nine points in a whole season. And they fucking got that win when I put them to lose on a bet slip. Wankers. Unbelievable. Just ridiculous. I remember I, I met some Hyde fans at uh, Strensham. Uh, they just got off their bus. And uh, I, I remember I said to the guys about three or four years after the, that season, and I said to the guy, "You um, were you there? And two or three of them were like, yes, we, we were there for the win. And they still remember it, sort of a bit like you remember 6-5 against Crawley or the Birmingham City result or anything. They were so happy that they had seen their one win in a season. They were absolutely over the moon. So it's, um, but we are not that side this year, I don't think. Uh, as I say, I'm picking and choosing. I'm kind of changing historical fact about results that happened and goals that went in. And but you're absolutely win. right. You're absolutely right. Far off. You're absolutely right. And the, the, 
I know results matter, but the performances are getting better. And I feel like yeah. that really, I don't know what the word is, but culminated, is that the word? Into last night's game. Yeah. Where we've, I've said to Chris before, we, that's genuinely, apart from Knotts last season, that's the best we've played since arguably actually the first half of our playoff season. It wow. was brilliant. It was like to a man, brilliant. Right. Um, apart from to say uh, goodbye to Chris. Goodbye, Chris. Thank you for coming. Bye. Uh, we are going to say that Ronnie Ransford has died. Um, the Hereford legend who scored the goal that uh, that won them that famous FA Cup tie all those years ago. He has died. That's very sad. Uh, he was 79. Uh, we have no any other business, I don't think. No, I certainly don't. And Sam is looking confused. No, no Sam has no any other business. So, um, uh, Drift is gone. Uh, sorry, no, ignore me. Ballard is gone. Uh, Drift, thank you very much for this evening. That's an excellent podcast. We hope everybody enjoyed listening to it. Thanks very much to Drift. Thanks to me for being here. Thanks to you for listening. We will see you uh, in episode 98. <laughs>